Coming up, I'm going to reveal the secret to living each day on purpose. And then in the news, government-run grocery stores? Really? We'll break it down and so much more. Let's go. Welcome to the Ken Coleman Show, where we help you win in your work life so that you can win in other areas of your life. If you aren't happy at work, if you are miserable at work, you choose those two realities. Or let's throw a third one in. You're just bored. I can tell you that it's affecting the rest of your life. Mentally, physically, socially, relationally, physically, spiritually, it affects it. So we're here to help you win in your work. All right, so... That's a big, big promise at the top of the show to say, I'm going to give you the secret to living each day on purpose. And I'm telling you, I'm, I'm bold in, in saying that because it's a very simple delivery. We just haven't been taught this. So I'm very excited to take what is one of the biggest questions that every human being wrestles with. Why am I here? What should I do with my life? And simplify it. So here's how. You can live each day on purpose. Now, let before I get into this, I understand there's some really crappy days. I also understand that there are seasons of life where there is one crappy day after the next crappy day after the next crappy day. So this is not some mind jujitsu, kumbaya, everything can be great. No, 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 no. There's going to be some days where life sucks. But you can still be on purpose. So here's how you live each day on purpose. You must know who you are, where you want to go, why you want to get there, and how you can get there. Let me say it again. This is the key to living each day on purpose. Knowing who you are, your uniqueness, knowing where you want to go. This is future. This is what is what do I want my life to look like? I've talked a lot on the show about the regrets of the dying and one of the top regrets of the dying when they reveal to their family to hospice nurses is I didn't live the life that I wanted to live. So what does that desired future look like? That's the where you want to go. Why you want to go there. It's not enough, by the way, to just say, I want this future. You need to get really clear on why you want to go there. It's important because life is going to throw a whole lot at you and being able to always get back to a clear why is a game changer in keeping you going. And then how to get there, a clear path forward. So that's how we do it. Let's talk about the problem in culture that has made that simple formula very, very difficult. The problem in culture is we have been conditioned to conform because we've been steered towards a super highway of wandering. Now, what does that mean? That's, oh, what? wow, that's kind of ambiguous. All right, let's make it really clear. You've been conditioned your whole life to get good grades so you can get into a good college, so you can get a good job and live a good life. That is conformity. Because all of those outcomes... Good grades, good college, good job, good life are largely dictated to you as well. well what does a good life look like? Good vacation, a couple nice cars with car payments, some good friends, good memories, 
good college, good job, good benefits, good 401k. You know, it's all this stuff that is like, these are the things. When when in reality, we as humans know we don't want just a good 401k or a good life. We want to meet the love of our life. We want to have kids, most of us. We want to raise kids to be great human beings and make a great contribution. We want to start a business. We want to do this. These are very, very personal things. And yet, that's beaten out of us. The individuality is beaten out of us because... It's all about everybody needs to be on this path over here. And if you didn't get good grades or don't get good grades, you don't get into a good college, get a good degree, you don't get a good white-collar safe job, all of a sudden your life is less than. This is the message. How about my friends out there that are dyslexic, ADHD, not good test takers, don't want to wear a white-collared shirt. They want to get their hands dirty. They want to be outside. They want to do something creative. They're not conformist, and yet they're treated as though they are the outliers when they aren't an outlier at all. They're just an individual. But the world has made them an outlier. So that's the superhighway. Most people are going the direction that I just laid out. Well, i got to get into a college. got to get a decent degree. They wake up at some point in their future and they realize they've been wandering. I've talked a lot about this on the program. If you aren't careful, culture will turn you into a wanderer, but you were born a wanderer. We know just from life that little kids ask hundreds of questions a day. The University of Michigan did some research years ago that found that the average eighth grader in America only asked two to three questions a day. So how in the world do you come into this world hardwired to ask questions and be curious? Why, Daddy? Why, Mommy? Why, why, why? Little kids aren't trying to be obnoxious. They're trying to get to the bottom of everything. Their whole life is like, <gasps> you show a kid a spoon or a or set of keys, what do they do? They grab the keys and they're like, <sighs> they throw them on the floor. It's fun. It's about wonder. Everything's new. Everything's about curiosity, getting to the bottom of things. And yet we don't get to the bottom of who we are. So let's talk about the solution. You've got to be aware. If you want to be able to answer the questions, who am I? How am I unique? What is that direction? Where do I want to go? Why do I want to go to there? And how I get there? We start with awareness of story and design. Very simple. Your environment growing up and then the life experiences to this moment is your story. It has shaped the way you see the world, the way you think about the world, and most importantly, how you feel about the world. Then there's the design, which we talk about all the time on this program. What you're good at doing. Your talents are your super power tools. What you love to do, work that excites you, engages you. And then results of that work that motivate you. Even on the days you don't feel great, you get up because you go, I need to do this. This is good for my soul to contribute to my world this way. So you must have awareness of story and design. So awareness of your story that has shaped your heart and then the design, how you're wired, allows you to go, this is who I am, my uniqueness. I am unique. I am wonderful. I am worthy of, oh, wow, and you are. So now I know who I am. And as I begin to dig into the who I am, 
my my story and my design, you don't have to worry about ideating. The ideas will pop to the top of your head. The person that had called into the show, and I could it's been thousands now over the last several years, who says they don't know what they want to do. They always know they're just afraid to say it. When I get them to say it, it's been percolating in their head and heart for some time. My point is when you know your story and how it has affected you, you see your design, how you have been wired, the ideas will flow. And so that's where the where comes in. Now, you could apply this. We're talking about this professionally most of the time of the show, but the where I want to be. Where do I want to be financially? Where do I want to be spiritually? Where do I want to be physically? Where do I want to be relationally? All these things. Who I am defines, helps me ideate and see where I want to go. That's the desired future. And it's very important that when you choose that where, you look back to story and design and go, that's my why. I now see it. I understand it. Because life's going to throw fear and doubt your way. And so getting to that why over and over and over again is huge. To be able to sustain what you need to sustain to get to the where. Now, after we know who we are, excuse me, who we are, where we want to go, what we want that future to look like, and why we are that way. Now it's just all about how. And this is about experience and education, learning, not traditional education all the time, but I'm learning from people that are where I want to be. I'm modeling. I'm watching. And so I develop that clear path, the steps forward. So that's how you live every day on purpose. Even in the crappy days when things aren't going your way, that's how you do it. You always make sure that the awareness is there. Why does this matter? Because you were designed to create and contribute. You were designed to live and fill a unique role. You are needed, and you must do it. And we're here to help on The Ken Coleman Show. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Don't we all need help being better? And they're great at it. You know, we all carry around a lot of stress from our family life and our professional life, and it can just hit us at the same time. Big stuff, small stuff. And we can talk to our friends, or maybe you have a great relationship with a leader at work or a coworker, but you may not feel comfortable telling them everything. I know I wouldn't. And when we keep things bottled up, it will eventually leak out, and it's really negative. But therapy, it's a safe space to get everything off your chest with an unbiased professional and figure out how to work through the stuff that's weighing you down. So if you've thought of therapy before, you're thinking about it now, please try BetterHelp. Therapy isn't just for people who've gone through trauma. It's great to build skills, to become better personally and professionally. And BetterHelp is flexible enough to fit your busy schedule because it's completely online. All you do is fill out a short questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist. And you can switch therapists at any time for no extra cost. It's time to get stuff off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Ken today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Ken. I got to tell you, it's little riffs like that. That little combo, the guitar, and the wish wish I was a musician. That don't happen often. It does not happen very often. I, I'm, I'm good to stay in my lane. But that's a cool vibe. 
I like that. Hey, if you are enjoying the show, would you help us grow? If you're uh, partaking on YouTube, we'd love for you to like the video or videos you're watching, subscribe to the channel and share. And then if you're listening via podcast, could you give us a follow, a five-star review and share as well? That's how we grow in a very, very busy world. You know, I was uh, looking at some content for social media yesterday, Alex, and I don't talk to you about this much, but I was looking at some older photos and I saw a picture of me, good grief, probably from 2006. And uh, it was in the, a little, I mean, I'm talking like a closet of a, of a room um, for the Catalyst podcast. And just really basic rudimentary mics and a little device about yay big. And this was when podcasting, nobody knew what it was. And I'm not exaggerating when I say that. Because we actually listened to podcasts back then on an iPod. I'm not even sure a lot of young people even know what an iPod is. <laughs> but anyway, you know, it's like I've been doing podcasting for a long time before it was cool. Now everybody's got a podcast. So it's a busy, busy world out there. And you can help us cut through the clutter by sharing and liking and all that stuff. I would be grateful because, good Lord, everybody's got a freaking podcast. I'm, I'm all for it, but good gracious. I, you know, I'm, I'm literally... Uh, like an early adopter for sure. The Catalyst Podcast was one of the first leadership podcasts out there. So anyway, I digress. I've just aged myself. All right. I'm going to switch gears here. And uh, just a warning, this is not for the faint of heart progressive snowflake. Love that you're here. Uh, but I'm going to challenge your thinking uh, because this is, again, this is a part of Ken's ever-going desire to talk about the softness and weakness of America because this is bad and this is coming your way. It's going to affect our economy. So the headline is uh, the Chicago mayor has proposed city-owned grocery stores as Walmart and Whole Foods have exited. Chicago Mayor Brandon Johnson says he wants to open city-owned grocery stores. You ready for this? To serve neighborhoods that have become food deserts after four Walmart stores and Whole Foods left the area. Now, let me just tell you something. For those of you who don't pay attention to this stuff, it, you're gonna. some of you are going to snap your head back a little bit and go, I can, that's a little overreactive. It's not. Let me tell you something. This is straight out of communism. It's the playbook. When the government starts getting into things like basic services like groceries, and that's a service that a company provides, we pay for it. When the government gets involved in groceries, folks, and again, for those of you that are really provoked right now, I want you to be provoked. And what I mean by provoked is, is you're listening to what I'm saying, and you're going to go, I want to dig into this. City-owned grocery stores is straight out of the Communism 101 playbook. Why do you think Walmart has left Chicago? Because it's not profitable. <laughs> Why is it not profitable? Okay, number one, uh, due to the extremely low-income areas, the residents can't afford it, number one. And then number two, there's a ton of looting and stealing. And so this is just basic economics. If we have 20 items of anything, 
let's take this 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 thing here. All right, so let's say this is a, a bottle of fruit juice, and I and I got twenty of them on the shelf. Okay, the grocery store pays the company. Let's say it's called Ken's Apple Juice. Boy, this is a riveting product, isn't it? Okay, this is Economics 101, Alex. And so we've got right here, we've got ourselves a fake bottle of Ken's Apple Juice, and I sell it to the grocery store, Walmart. Walmart pays me a per-unit price for the apple juice. If six of the bottles are stolen, guess what? we got a problem. Walmart doesn't get their money back with the profit margin baked in, which is business, somebody go, oh, Walmart's so big, who cares? Oh, God help us, you don't understand supply, demand, basic economics, and how it affects you. And by the way, let's not forget that stealing is wrong. But they can't keep doing that. They can't keep doing it. So Walmart goes, we're out. So enter the mayor of Chicago and his brilliant communist ideas. Uh, this is what he said. Uh, excuse me, this is, this, is, uh, this is a statement from Walmart uh, on why they uh, have closed and then they've kept other Chicago Walmarts open. He said, uh, this, this, the spokesperson said, we continue to face the same business difficulties, but we think this decision gives us the best chance to help keep them open and serving the community. So still having problems all across Chicago, because Chicago is a freaking disaster. More on that in a moment. Okay, Because the question I have is, with all of the crime in Chicago, my question for the mayor is, uh, yes, uh, your, your honor, uh, what makes you believe that the City-owned grocery stores won't be looted as well. Since your police force is so effective in Chicago, what makes you think that the residents aren't going to steal from the government, which means steal from the taxpayers? So we're not solving the problem. We're trying to put our finger in the hole of the dam. It's not solving anything. Uh Johnson's administration still needs, so this is there's some hope here, still needs to report to uh, conduct a feasibility study before providing a timeline of actually opening stores. Hey, uh, dear mayor of Chicago, uh, I can save you, sir, time and money on your feasibility study and tell you unequivocally right now that it is not feasible. It will not work. It's not going to work. <laughs> I, I, I'm sorry. I don't mean to be so tickled by this, but I mean, who thinks that any government can run any business or organization more efficiently than the private sector, number one. Number two, have you paid attention to what's going on in Chicago and now this mayor thinks he wants to put in community-owned, government-owned grocery stores and that's going to work great? Mm-hmm, sure. So let's just look at the, the problems that, Whole Foods and Walmarts are facing. I, I laid them out in a minute. I mean, a minute ago. So what are they doing to solve those problems, Mr. Mayor? That's actually your job. In this case, the government's job is to make citizens and businesses safe so that, A, people aren't stealing from them, and, B, they can actually exist and serve the 
local resident. So the answer is not community or excuse me, government-owned grocery stores. The answer is more police that are allowed to actually crack down on crime. It's force. Not undo, but just you're going to be a bad guy, you go to jail, and everybody goes, you know what, we can't game the system anymore. We probably should start acting like a law-abiding citizen. That's the answer. The answer is not more social dependency. Taxpayer-funded grocery stores? By the way, who wants to work at those stores? Let's be honest. You got a much better job at working at a Kroger or a Walmart where you're going to get good hourly pay. Walmart's been a leader on raising uh, minimum wage in their own company and led the charge in 2020 to where we saw a lot of wages go up. Good on Walmart. You're going to be way better off working for Walmart. With benefits, the opportunity to move up the ladder, Walmart stepping out going, we're not going to require college degrees. There is a path to actual financial peace and prosperity by working for companies like Walmart. But now you're going to go work for the city government of Chicago? I can promise you right now, those benefits aren't going to be great, and there is not a nice path. I don't think there's a path at all to prosperity. Get government out of business. It's not your job. This is going to fail miserably, even if they get it off the ground. I'd be shocked if they do. If they do, it's going to be a mess. This is the Ken Coleman Show. Welcome back to the Ken Coleman Show. You were created to fill a unique role in your work. That means you're needed and you must do it if you're going, okay, I, I like the way that sounds, but what is that? We have got a fabulous measuring tool that will measure what you do best, talent. It will measure what you love, passion, and it will measure results of your work that get you excited to get up and get after it. That's mission. When you use what you do best to do work you love, to produce results that matter to you, let me tell you something you're going to be very fulfilled, and there's so many positives from that. It's called the Get Clear Work Assessment. Check it out at kencoleman.com slash assessment, kencoleman.com slash assessment. All right, let's go to Reno, Nevada, where Marissa joins us. Marissa, you're on the Ken Coleman Show. Hi, Ken. How are you? I'm living the dream, Marissa. What's up? So um, last year, I moved from an accounting role to a data analytics role and hoped that I could move up the ladder and have a different career where I could be challenged. And ultimately, I am not happy. Um, but because I moved up the ladder to a different role, I make a lot more money than most accountants now. So I'm in a position where my equal in accounting needs more qualifications that I do not have. Mm-hmm. So I'm kind of feeling like I'm torn with where to go because I feel like I can't go anywhere. <laughs> well, okay. So you can go somewhere because you've already answered half your question. You do see a path. There is a path to making more money or making the same amount of money you're making now. In accounting, it's just going to require more credentialing. Is that actually degree-related or is it more... Uh, certification and experience. What what is that actual path? 
So some of them require more education, some of them require CPA, and some of them require experience, or some of them require all of them or whatever the combination is. Okay. So the way my brain works, I want to do the some of them that don't require any more degrees because that's more time and a whole lot more money. I'd rather go the other path. Is that is that where your head is at on that as well? Yeah, I'd rather not go back to school. I agree. Uh, so then we say we're not going to. And here's the thing. You told me there are still options where you can make the money you're making now in accounting. And so let's get out of our mind that there's nowhere to go. Because you 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 almost proved yourself wrong in, in, in the same sentence. Well, you did prove yourself wrong. And the difference is because is it's emotion, and I get it. You're frustrated because you made this move, and now you're like, crap, right? Yeah. Yeah, and my concern is is that a lot of the jobs I qualify for have a max out of 80, and I'm making 97. So yeah, but we just established, wait a second. Yeah. But we just established that there is a bridge to make in the 90. Did you say 90 is what you're making? Yeah. I'm making in the nineties. Yeah. So there's a bridge to making that kind of money in accounting. Quite frankly, I knew that to be true without you telling me a CPA so can do quite is, well. Though, is, do I stay at this job where I'm unhappy or do I continue to try to move into back into accounting um, and keep getting my CPA? Like, do I take a career move down to get back into accounting, continue to work on my CPA? It and depends on, yeah, that's the right question. So okay. it depends on how unhappy you are. And so let me tell you what that means. If you are so unhappy that you think it would be borderline misery to stay where you are in analytics with the higher salary for the amount of time it's going to take to get the qualifications to step up in accounting, then I then 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 I'd go, well, I probably shouldn't stay. Now the other factor is financially, can you go back, if you were to go back into accounting, take a pay cut, how badly would that affect your life, your financial situation? Well, I'm babysit too, so it would um, and I'm the main breadwinner, so um, then I don't then I don't recommend it unless unless um, it's going to have debilitating effects on you. So the question is, how long would you think it's going to take to get the qualifications you need to step up in accounting and make the money you're making now? What does that timeline look like? Is that 10 months? Is it it a year and a half? What's that look like? Um, If I do the CPA, it would take me a year. And I think I could stay at this job that long. Um, and if I go back to accounting, it just depends because I'd have to get into a role that could give me the experience. Yes. And potentially pay for it. I won. Yeah. So I think that's, there is a rink. So, okay, here's the good news. The good news is you believe you can tough it out for 12 months where you are, um, and I believe you can because, because number one, I think you're tough enough. Number two, doesn't sound like you're in a toxic situation. It just sounds like you don't like the work. Yeah, no, I'm. I prefer to be challenged and have a lot of variety, and I'm very, very bored. Okay, great. So you can do it for twelve months, and I want you to, because okay. it's going to make getting out of baby step two so much easier. Yeah, and, if I stay in this job, I'll be out of baby step two in May. Okay, you have to stay. Because you're not in a toxic situation, you're bored. But, 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 if your mindset is, 
Yes, I'm bored. I'm not challenged. But I see a path forward, and I'm not going to be in this for longer than 12 months. And I'm so excited that I'm going to be getting out of debt. So my mindset switches from, gosh, this job is so boring, I'm not challenged, to, gosh, I'm so grateful that I'm talented enough and and that this job is allowing me to make money to get out of debt. Do you see how that switches everything, changes everything? Yeah. You're going in every morning going, man, I'm grateful for this gig. I'm getting out of debt in May. I only got to hang in here for 12 more months. And then I get back into numbers and accounting, the work that I love. But this time, I've now moved ahead and I got a bright path forward. So that's the mindset. And it would be awesome if in the 12 months that you are getting the certification that you need, that you're connecting and making all kinds of inroads to let people know, I'm going to be ready in 12 months, 10 months, 8 months, 6 months. Does that make sense? Yeah, making that connection so yeah. let people know when I'm ready. Yeah, so people are going, oh gosh, Marissa, we can't wait. We'd love to hire you. And maybe, maybe you land a job six months before you're even qualified. But I think that's very possible. And here's what's great about that. There's no interruption in income. You're not taking a step backwards. You're actually going to come out of this debt-free and now moving forward on an emergency fund. And even more exciting, you transition back into accounting and you have a path to making six figures. Okay, that do you, sounds like a do good you see, plan. Do you see that? I don't want to do a rah-rah. This isn't about rah-rah. This is like, do you see a path? You could keep growing and be making very good six-figure income in accounting. Yeah, I see the path. It's one of those, you know, we can't decide because you're emotional about it. So I'm glad you were able to see the path and show it to me. So that yeah. makes sense. I am excited for you. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Marissa, it's right there. Yeah, it's just one of those things where I just didn't feel like. I get you know it. What I mean, I wasn't encouraged to. I get it. Feel like that was the right decision. So I get I it. Just needed that confirmation. I totally get it. Look, I can't give myself advice. <laughs> and and all we've done right here is we've just gotten a mirror out. We've looked at you. And then we've also looked forward and we say, there is a very clear path to where I can get out of this. And so don't beat yourself up that you took this gig. You need to go, you know what? I took it. It's not work I love. But you know what? This was not a failure. I didn't lose anything in life. In fact, this analytics gig is getting you forward, uh, is fast forwarding your journey had you stayed in the old job. Yeah, that's true because it's increasing my way to baby step two ending. Absolutely, and the time to you know brain power to study. Absolutely. So none. Of, that's the other thing. You can do this job in your sleep. So do it in your sleep. Study a little bit. You're not stressed out. Like instead, of, be thankful that you're bored out of your skull because you're not dragging anything home with you. Yeah, that's true. And you're like, I got the juice at night to be able to study and do what I need to do because my job during the day is like ho-hum. I think this is great. I actually think you're going to look back on this and go, gosh, what a blessing that gig was. That's what I think. And I think that, by, I think by the way, that's what it should be because that's the mindset that is going to allow you to stay the course the next 12 months. And your best is still way ahead of you, Marissa. So proud of you. 
Thanks for the call. You got this. This is the Ken Coleman Show. Thanks for listening to the Ken Coleman Show. For more, you can find the show on demand wherever you listen to podcasts and watch the show on YouTube. You can also find Ken across all social media by following at Ken Coleman.